Hi, this is Sarah Coleman, and I am interviewing um, Sarah Coleman of Beyond the Wall. Um, I'm interviewing Cornell Hawkins. Um, Cornell is located at Central Laundry in Jessup, Maryland. I believe it's Jessup, right? I'm sorry, Sykesville, Maryland. And um, Cornell, I just wanted to ask you a few questions um, about your incarceration. I wanted to know, first of all, if you would share with us um, your crime and the amount of time that was given. What was the crime? Okay, and if you could please just share with us, if you would, um, the uh, you know what happened. So they attempted, can I ask you to speak up a little bit, honey? So, so they attempted to rob you and some friends? Mediated to no avail, and he came to the community. 
center one day, pulled up and, and jumped out, had a hoodie on. I was like, man, look, whatever went on between me and your brother, man, just let that go. That ain't for me. And he said he wasn't trying to hit none of that. Wow. And he took me in his response, was, I know what it is. So I left the community center. He ran me down in, in his car, hit me with his car. I fired on him. He died. I found out that he died the next morning when I woke up. I seen him on breaking news on TV. Of course, I was 19 years old. I was, you know, scared to death. Now, so did you explain to them um, at the trial what you're explaining to me, and that um, could you prove that that your car was bumped into and all that stuff, and they and they still gave you forty years? The problem was they all that was fact. I never denied anything. Uh, everything was on record. Their main thing was because the gun that I had. Uh, So can you just explain, um, because, you know, I, I had a hard time, you know, with that, my, this, you know, myself, like, you know, a girlfriend of mine's son was, was shot multiple times. You understand what I'm saying? And he knew the person that shot him <laughs> and for the life of him, you understand what I'm saying? He wouldn't, his, the, the, the guy was Muslim and, um, he went, he actually went to jail and his own brother, the, 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 the victim's brother, called his brother and was like, you know, I, I know that there's a code. I'm not saying that that's what you're doing, but could you just kind of explain to a person that, that, that may not know um, why that's not always, you know, th th I mean, it seems like the right thing to do, to do, but why it's not always the feasible thing to do. Could you explain to a person why a person might not, you know, go to the authorities, um, you know, when there's a threat um, that's been made on their lives. Could you explain that a little bit, please? See, a lot of times, man, we 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 get caught up. Um, a lot of us are already mentally in prison before we get here. We are taught not to snitch. So in the neighborhood, it's a bad thing to be a snitch. And that could potentially cost your life too, right? Yeah, so once you, you, you cross that line, now you open yourself up to harm's way anyway. Because now you know the special, now you make yourself as a target. Mm. So, you know, um, in the moment for my, for my point of view, it wasn't directly only that. I didn't, you know, when you, when you were juvenile or adolescent, a lot of times when you do these, these, these type of things, you don't think that it will happen to you or things will go that far. Absolutely. So you, don't think that's, you don't think that far ahead. And then when things get out of hand, you know, it, I was put in a position where I wasn't mature enough to handle 
handle that situation. It was something, a event that was bigger than me. And at the time, it wasn't um, some big thing uh, about bullying the way it is now. If my crime would have happened now, the, the outcome might have been different. Yeah. But society has the outlook on bullying. But when I got, you know, when I when I called my charge, it, it wasn't a big thing. So you feel you feel that you were in fact bullied? Yeah, we we had people that five years to, to double digits my senior. The actual person that I was had the conflict with was thirteen years my senior. So you know, um, they say that I was nineteen. I should have known better. You know, he was in a conflict with a child. Yeah. Well, I'm really sorry, um, Cornell. Um, I really am. <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes my, I don't know. I, you know, I know your story and whatnot, and it just, I don't know, just hearing you tell it, you understand what I'm saying? You know, I, I appreciate you, you know, just giving it to me raw. And I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, let me just ask you this, um, Cornell, Take me to that courtroom. Um, the day that you heard forty years, a nineteen. Well, you stayed in prison for what? In jail for what? A year? Um, I stayed in there. Yeah, it was close to a year. Okay, so tell me what twenty-year-old uh, Cornell just hearing uh, those words. You know what I mean? Forty years. Um, how how did that? You know how did that resonate within you when you heard that? rate was prevalent but back then because yes. you guys got a lot of an influx of of the people from Lorton I believe isn't that around the time when Lorton closed down or something like that um, this is right around the time when the cut was closing down wow so you know they was in the you know um, they had a Merlin House correction annex and you know you know a lot of times they, they keep the people out of jail there's a lot of people that, you know, um, a lot of lifers and other, you know, medium security prisons. And, you know, in, in their era, there was real homosexuals that preyed on young women in prison. That's wow. what they did. And how, how did you, how were you able to withstand that? Um, I was very, I was very defensive, you know, um, I had uncles that been, you know, back and forth in prison since the early 80s. And, you know, um, people 
the house on the do's and the don'ts that you shouldn't do in prison. So, you know, I was very leery of, you know, certain things. You know, and I stayed in, I stayed in myself for the most part, but I was very defensive. You know, if I thought you was doing something, you know, I was very aggressive. I, you know, because a lot of things that you see on TV in prison, some things are true, but a lot of things are exaggerated. So when you and you, you don't know nothing about prison. So speaking of guards, can you tell me, um, like what, what, what are they like? Um, do, do you, do you, um, just tell me what, what are they like? The guards in the prison? Well, you got some of them that, um, some of them come in here and get the eight hours. And, you know, you, you got some that abuse authority. You got some that, you know, they've been picked on their whole life. So they get a job of authority, you know, to their people. And then, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, some of them, they got children that's in prison. Mm. But they are correctional officers. And now there's an influx of Africans, immigrants coming in and working as correctional officers. They think it's their job to direct us. But the problem is, you know, you can't, re- you can't rehabilitate a man. A man can only rehabilitate himself. Absolutely. And, it, you know, it always just surprises me. Um, well, I don't want to say it surprises me, but, you know, it, it disappoints me that um, people that would come from such an oppressed, you know, place you know, that they would come here and they would try to be oppressors. Um, and I'm, and I say some, uh, you know, I won't say all of them, um, and stuff because you've certainly got some good people, but, and I'm not even just, you know, putting that to the Africans because, you know, I've seen some arrogant guards from, from, you know, all types of, um, you know, cultures and stuff like that. Um, so was there any one person in particular, um, that stood out to you that, um, you know, that helped you, uh, through this incarceration? A lot of the lifers, a lot of the lifers that I ran across, um, especially the ones that went, uh, they they was involved in hunger. The ones that went home had an opportunity to go home because of the case um, that uh, under hunger. Um, a lot of them told me everything I know from how to uh, put, put together my own portfolios. Uh, you know, um, pretty much. Uh, how a man should conduct himself in prison and what you should be, you know, things that you shouldn't have on your mind and things you should be focusing on. So speaking of the lifers, um, do you do you feel like they should be given a chance and, and, and you know, to, to come out here again and why? Or why not? Of course, because a lot of them wasn't, they wasn't sentenced to natural life. When they got a lot of these lifers, when they got life. They gave life with the possibility of parole. But, you know, everybody knows that through politics, right, that he said life mean life after the fact. So a lot of them never seen the street. You know, once upon a time, life was 15 years. So now life is 25 years. A lot of these, a lot of these dudes are senior citizens. A lot of these dudes are sick and elderly. There's nothing they can possibly do to nobody because you took all their youth away. The bad thing is, there's a lot of them so old that they can't work. 
because they've been locked up so long. So then, I'm unfortunate about the situation is that you talk about, they took me, I don't even, I, I'm not, I don't even have a first degree murder charge. But I'm five years away from doing the type of time that you do on a life day. Wow. So, have you personally um, suffered loss uh, during your bet? Yeah, um, I don't have no living grandparents. My mother died from, 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 from uh, kidney failure and um, um, stomach cancer while I was in prison. Were you allowed to go to your uh, mother's funeral? Take take me to the take me to the day the phone call. Take 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 me to that day if you're able to. Um. Well. Um. My mother were, didn't really want me to know, so you know, um, she thought I made big big strides in prison, and she thought I was doing well. And the less that I knew, she was trying to protect me. But <sighs> my ex girlfriend at the time. How did you feel hearing that? Uh, give me a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When we first started talking about this, um, I don't know, like the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. I just had these chills all over me and stuff. And just listen to you. 
you know, describe that. Just, I don't know. It just gave me a second with Josh. Made me think about Josh and whatnot. And um, I just think it's beautiful. You understand what I'm saying? Where you are mentally with this. Because I know a lot of people don't understand. You know, they expect me to be um, a certain type of way. You know what I'm saying with Josh and they and they don't get it when I say that if I could bring him back, like as much as I miss him in the flesh, you understand what I'm saying? If I could bring him back, like I wouldn't bring him back <laughs> because I have a peace and it sounds like you have that peace that only Christ can give you. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, I don't apologize. I just, that just got to me a little bit. <sighs> So, your support system, um, have you had a great support system um, since you've been in there, though? Yeah, I was, um, you know, um, death sometimes brings family together, and death sometimes <laughs> separates family. Hey, I know that. And in my case, in my case it, it made us separate. So, <laughs> Absolutely. This is Miss Margaret. darn thing you and god and everybody else that's what's up <laughs> that is awesome Praise God. 
Well, we have to bring this recording to a close. I just got one final question. Um, just um, if you could just share with them um, the importance. I'm not trying to toot my horn or anything like that, but um, just the impact, if any, um, you know, from meeting me and, you know, the services of Beyond the Wall. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Cornell, um, for your time. Um, this was truly a blessed um, interview. Um, I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? Your honesty. I appreciate your time and, you know, just, you know, sharing your story. And I wish you nothing but the best. And this concludes this interview. Um, thank you and God bless you. <laughs>